After hard-fought overnight negotiations, countries at COP27 agreed to create a so-called loss and damage fund for countries most severely impacted by climate change. One of those countries is Malawi and we got reaction a short time ago from civil society coordinator Julius Nomo, who's just back in Malawi from COP. Uh, this is a, um, a, a great um, a moment uh, and a good decision for us because uh, even though we just set up the financing facility or the fund, we need to have a very good and proper structure that can deliver. Julius, can you just explain to me what will a loss and damage fund do for a country like Malawi and other countries in Africa? We have seen a lot of uh, losses and damages, especially from the cyclones, uh, to actually experience since 2019 until now. And we, are, we expect that these cyclones are going to be um, uh, multiplying themselves. So we know uh, adaptation alone and uh, will not help us. We need actually support in terms of funding. Julius Nomo speaking to us from Malawi there earlier. I'm joined in studio now by Siobhan Curran. She's head of policy and ad- advocacy at Trokra. You're also at COP. So after two weeks of talking and the eyes of the world on Egypt, loss and damage is there. There is an agreement, but it's a bit of a mixed bag overall. Yeah, um, it is a mixed bag. I think um, the big win of this COP was around loss and damage. And I think we have to welcome that as a historic development, certainly for the communities we work with in Trokra, who are on the front lines of the climate crisis. This could be massive for them and it could have practical and meaning impact, meaningful impact in their lives. And give us an example of, say, somewhere in Africa where this loss and damage has occurred, because that's what we're talking about. They've already suffered and they are suffering the consequences. And, and, and also, how would the fund help compensate them for those losses? Well, this year, I mean, we're, we're now in the era of loss and damage. And this year alone, we saw across the Horn of Africa, millions of people facing crisis hunger. And this is because of the worst drought in 40 years. People are losing their livestock. They're losing their homes. So a fund, a loss and damage fund would have practical application here beyond the humanitarian assistance so that people can actually rebuild their lives. As Julia said in Malawi, they're being hit with cyclone after cyclone. This is only going to get worse. But What's key to this decision is the fund, but also the notion of climate justice. In Africa alone, they're responsible for less than 4% of emissions, but they pay the price for this climate crisis. So the idea is there of the climate justice. The fund is agreed, but no details, no amount, no indication as to who's going to contribute to this fund. Is that worrying? There's a lot to be worked out with this fund. I think what we called for overwhelmingly as civil society was for a political decision to be made. Um, There was a lot of opposition to this fund from richer countries. So it's testament, one, to developing countries who were really united over the two weeks and two, to the massive effort from civil society. I think this is a win for people power. Now, the work begins because the fund has to be established. The the, um, modalities of it, who pays, how it works, all of this has to be worked out. A lot of disappointment today too around the other issues like phasing out oil and gas which got their first mention just a year ago but there's no commitment to phasing them down. Does this mean that, that countries like China and the US 
are, are simply not taking the climate science seriously enough to 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 uh, to get this into into the final text. I think it's disappointing that we didn't see a phase out of fossil of all fossil fuels in the text. You know, we have to look across the world. There are no countries stepping up to the level that's needed in terms of mitigation and ambition. And I I think this week we also saw a really a lack of action with regard to broader climate finance. So while we saw agreement to a fund for loss and damage, we didn't see the same level of impetus towards climate finance in relation to adaptation finance and mitigation finance. And this is worrying because richer countries have year after year broken promises on climate finance. And if they're not delivering what they've already promised, this does raise alarm bells for the, for the future. So it is now time for richer countries to stand up and pay what they've committed to in relation to climate finance. So when we wake up tomorrow morning and all the, all the talk about loss and damage in the agreement, will we see this COP27 as a success or as, as, as a bit uh, depressing and a bit of a failure? I think there's it's a mixed bag uh, this year. There's a lot to work on. I think the loss and damage um, announcement is so significant and it will really work to impact the poorest people in the world. Um, but, you know, I think someone said we've taken small steps when we need big strides. Siobhan Curran, Head of Policy and Advocacy with Trocra. Thanks very much for coming into studio to us today.